0: A spiritual awakening is taking place around the globe and you can be a part of it. For the first time ever in human history, we are truly one world. And now we must face the implications of what that means for our understanding of spirituality, the nature of reality, and one another. As a direct descendant of the founding families of one of today's largest global religions, I was born in the center of a worldwide spiritual crisis. Like my pioneer ancestors, I'm blazing a new trail, embracing a global sense of spirituality based on personal practice, spiritual community, and direct experience of the divine. I'm Benjamin William Decker. Welcome to the Modern Spirituality Podcast. What's up? It's Ben Decker. I just got back from a week-long silent retreat with none other than Deepak Chopra. And I have to say, that man continues to amaze. His ability to merge leading-edge science with the ancient teachings of world spiritual traditions had me on the edge of my seat every single time he spoke. I'm also a huge fan of the Chopra certification programs, Check it out. If you want to deepen your well-being practices and develop techniques to teach others, you totally need one of the super prestigious Chopra certifications. If you're like me and love meditation, why not master meditation and learn how to give others their own personalized primordial sound mantra with the Chopra Meditation Teacher Certification. Or take a deep dive into Ayurveda, the centuries-old proven health and healing system with the Chopra Health Certification. Uh, Maybe you'd like to help others thrive and find purpose with a mind-body-spirit approach. Then... The Chopra Coaching Certification is for you. Get certified, grow your practice, grow yourself. Register today for a Chopra Global Online Certification at chopra.com slash certifications. And I have to say, I love the team at Chopra Global. They're really like soul family for me. So make sure to let them know that Ben Decker sent you and they'll take really good care of you. And again, that's chopra.com. Slash certifications, you will not regret it. Some of you may know that Marianne Williamson has been a huge part of my career and my spiritual journey. I first discovered her when she was running for Congress in Los Angeles and completely fell in love with her and her mission. And So when she ran for president, I dropped everything I was doing to support her presidential campaign. Uh, She says spirituality and politics are like Romeo and Juliet. They're really meant for each other, but their families try to keep them apart. So if you're like me, you're a modern spiritual practitioner with a deep desire to be a part of the global spiritual political awakening. You've got to check out Transform with Marianne Williamson, the new Substack newsletter. Receive updates on global issues from a spiritual perspective, along with tools to support your personal spiritual journey. All created and curated by spiritual teacher and political activist Marianne Williamson. Subscribe today at MarianneWilliamson.substack.com. Hey everyone, it's Ben Decker. Welcome to the Modern Spirituality Podcast. In this episode, we are exploring the life-changing transition from a life dedicated to oneself to the life dedicated to the benefit of others. We'll be drawing correlations specifically between the Buddhist and Christian traditions, and I'm super excited to be hosting one of my nearest and dearest— Sadi Simone. He's a spiritual guide, meditation teacher, international transformational speaker, and best-selling author whose infectious enthusiasm for healing is grounded in a masterful and revolutionary synthesis of ancient tantric Buddhism, modern contemplative psychotherapy, meditation, breathwork, ecstatic dance, sobriety, and integrative nutrition, all delivered in his own radiant, approachable, and playful style. You'll just love him. Uh, We'll talk a little bit more about his very interesting and unexpected professional background before he had his spiritual awakening and became a meditation teacher, as well as his tip for accessing what he calls the nectar of liberation. Really good stuff. Please welcome Sadi Simon. Okay, so right before we started recording, we took a dozen orange roses— and we sprinkled the petals in a circle mm-hmm. on the table. We lit at least a dozen white candles. And we chanted Om Gam Ganapataye Namaha, mm-hmm. which is the destroyer of obstacles, mm-hmm. just to clear the energy, cr- mm-hmm. clear any obstacles um, to perfect transmission. Mm-hmm. And um, we chanted a couple other things, set intentions. Mm-hmm. And so just to bring the listener in to the reality of... You know, there's one of my, my most recent episode that just came out is on initiation, ceremonial, mm-hmm. initiatory experience, ordinance, ritual, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And so, this is an interesting opportunity where we are in a ritual
1: state. Mm-hmm. and Sitting in ritual still.
0: Sitting in ritual. We're actually at the table yeah. where all the candles are lit, the crystals are all here, the light's very dim.
1: It's it, beautiful. It is truly like a beautiful painting.
0: And that's such a huge part of ritual. I don't think I said a single thing about that, but that's something I always infuse in rituals Mm -hmm. is it should feel beautiful, Mm -hmm. you know? Anyway. uh, So feel free to speak to how that feels because we are still sitting in ritual as we go through this conversation. Mm -hmm. um, Because I think that the listener these are mm-hmm. our friends that are listening to this That's and right. they're going to be brought into mm-hmm. this like ritual state that we're co-creating.
1: Yeah. Um, so, and, and all honesty, I, I was like, kind of like being a, a little bit of a calendar queen about this. I was like, <laughs> Oh, we're supposed to start recording at this time, I have all, all these other things I have to do. And then you set up this beautiful ritual in the dining table and I was like, "Oh my god, that's amazing! Is this are we are we recording the podcast here next to this?" Richard was like, "Yes, and we're actually going to do this entire invocation around these these deities." And um, before we record, and I was like, "Can I make some food?" And I was trying to find all these different kind of like excuses to not right. do it. And then he just said, "Just drink some water, honey, and sit down, and let's do it." And I sat across from you and. It was exactly the medicine that I needed it, you know, Mm -hmm. exactly the medicine that I needed it. So thank you for infusing ritual into my life and thank you for reminding me in this moment that I needed it to just pause, take a breath, connect to something uh, that's divine Mm -hmm. and, and, and really operate from that place so i'm glad we did it i feel like clear and ready to talk to you
0: (laughs) yeah that's that's one of the best things about ritual is that it's this you know ritual comes from the same root word as right Mm. um so correct so ritual is doing something correctly Mm -hmm. and um you know when you think about oh we're doing this recording that we're going to transmit we're going to make public, we're going to make available to people. Mm-hmm. And it's like if you think about all of the little moments throughout your day that could have contributed to any frustration of any kind, that's right. That is either transmitted in that which we record and release or it's purified. We and, take a
1: pivot with
0: ritual, right? And so uh I just thought it was really nice that we could do that so I wanted to you know just like put that out there say that's what we're doing but i want to talk a little bit about um something else so that's just the context the yeah. ceremony is the context of of this and then the content is really different you know you have a really strong following you have like 400 something thousand followers on instagram uh you have you know a lot of followers on on all the other platforms tiktok um facebook i don't think you really use twitter um but on the platforms that you're active on, you have like a lot of engagement, really, really strong participation. And in addition to that, you're not really an influencer. You're actually a really public figure because in addition to that, you have these celebrity clients, some of the most famous people in the world, we could say here, name drop, were have worked with you for meditation and mm-hmm. for spiritual coaching, that kind of thing. Um, you've got... Best-selling books out there, um, available in multiple different languages all over the world. You lead these fabulous retreats. You've taught at all the, you know, the top retreat centers, including. You know, this fabulous recent retreat at a luxury resort in Ibiza, Spain, mm-hmm. you know, which so many things about that is like fantasy. lived. <laughs> oh
1: my God. You're <laughs> reading my resume, honey. <laughs>
0: well, I just think it's like really interesting to take the fullness of this all into context, you know, yeah. and, and that's not even mentioning all of the different like social media partnerships. And these are, these are high level partnerships. It may be a gummy bear commercial, but it's like a really huge gummy bear company that's yeah. sold every everywhere it's like the only gummy bear company that's organic mm-hmm. you know so there are these like really high level partnerships that you have you recently did a partnership with facebook mm-hmm. um you're you're gonna be on i i think by the time this airs you will have recently been on the doctors mm-hmm. is that a that's a cbs mm-hmm. morning show mm-hmm. look if you listener if you don't know the doctors your parents do <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely a hugely popular cbs parents thing show. yeah and, um, very credible, you know, mm-hmm. what's featured on the doctors generally has, uh, a sense of being very credible, high quality, you know, approved by the medical industry specifically. It's called the doctors, It's a, you know, uh, and you talk about some things in, in your book, spiritually sassy. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also you're going to be on Cardi B's show, Cardi mm-hmm. B, this like Grammy winning Mm hip-hop artist, this iconic, Mm -hmm. you know, legend who's having her moment. She's in peak moment. Mm -hmm. She's like living the dream in a huge way. Mm -hmm. And you're on her show right Mm -hmm. in the middle of all of this, you know, Mm -hmm. and that's the self-care episode coming out soon. Mm -hmm. um, So people can look that up. But what I wanted to say is like so much is blowing up. So many of the things that you're doing right now are like dream come true for so many people, Mm -hmm. especially when they were younger. In fact, some of the things that you're doing are so dream come true Mm. that people even in your industry aren't even trying to dream that big. Mm -hmm. So there are people who have entire careers in the same industry Mm -hmm. who are like not even thinking that it's even possible for them. Mm -hmm. And these are things that you're like knocking out left and right. How many friends do we have that like would desperately love to get a book deal? Mm -hmm. meanwhile, you're working on your third book. Mm -hmm. Um, and from all accounts, this is going to be better and better. You know, your Mm -hmm. second book was so much better than the first book. This third one is, Mm -hmm. you know, this even more vulnerable, even more complex. That's right. You know, and I hope so. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, just from what you shared about it in private, I, I can confirm, I know that it will be. And so you're, you're really, really peak and, but this isn't where your career started. And when you entered into this space, it wasn't even initially for your career. Mm -hmm. It was for yourself to take care of yourself. So you initially really discovered some of these things in relationship to your own rock bottom. Because even before you ever touched any of this, you were already a successful person. Mm -hmm. You're already an innovator, already a creator. I know this sounds like I'm introducing something, but it's really a context. (laughs) Um, Mm. So... So first of all, let's just start, let's just start with that right now. Like you are blowing up right now. Mm. Talk to us. How does
1: it feel? <laughs> oh, Ben, you're so sweet. Um, how does it feel? It feels great and also scary mm-hmm. and also exciting and also challenging. And what's challenging about it? It's having to sort of run a business Mm -hmm. you know when all you want to be is a mission Mm -hmm. all you want to be is an experience you know and the experience of love of compassion of joy and wisdom that i i've taken vows to create have now have employees and manager and Mm. agents and and there's all these tentacles um, around it and there's structure and there's boundaries and there's a framework and there's multiple deadlines, multiple deadlines. So yeah, there's like constantly (laughs) deadlines. Oh my God. There's so many. That's the part that's overwhelming and challenging. And right. But so in those
0: circumstances, do you find it, um, like second nature, like easy for you to embody Mm -hmm. those vows? second nature mm, okay
1: (laughs) (laughs) obviously not
0: obviously that's what you're saying the challenges come up yeah and so it's 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 another level of like jedi
1: mastery it's really like what what the discussion come what what the whole thing comes up it's like sometimes i just want to like pick up and just run away and like move to india where it all sort of was like peak transformation place for me right you know i share this with you privately all the time you probably hear me say this at least once a week let's run away to india please you're
0: (laughs) you're always trying to run away to india okay so i want to talk about that for a second so you were actually really successful before Mm -hmm. this became part of your career Mm -hmm. you were editor Mm -hmm. at creative director creative director okay you were creative director at bullet magazine and when it comes to magazine creative director is like one of the most crucial Mm -hmm. positions it's the it creates such an aspect of the personality and identity for the project so you are really central Mm -hmm. to so much of what really made the magazine Mm -hmm. alive and this is even if the people some people may have heard of it even if they haven't um you worked with some of the biggest celebrities in the world. You were like totally popping in New York City, doing photo shoots and everything with Daniel Radcliffe, uh, Blake Lively, um, Alexander Scarzard, James Franco. Mm-hmm. I think you said Cindy Crawford. Cindy
1: Crawford is our first cover. Your first cover. First cover, we had Cindy Crawford and Mark Ruffalo. And Mark Ruffalo. Out of the gate. it was mm-hmm. just like absolutely insane.
0: That so we were you were working
1: with a lot of funding you were working with. Some... It was yes. Later on, a, hun- a lot of funding, a hundred percent. But initially, it was just an idea on an iPad. Mm-hmm. It was like literally we're working out of a, out of under construction townhouse in Midtown. We were literally entering <laughs> to an under construction townhouse, like under renovation townhouse, mm-hmm. one of those like multi multi million dollar three story uh, townhouse in Midtown. And we would go we had our set up our little office there. This friend of a friend let us build an office there. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we just put together all these images and all these ideas of what we want to create, and what we saw lacking in the fashion industry um, and put together all on an iPad, and then I went to a Fourth of July um, camping trip. And I I told someone there who was an who was an agent for some of the biggest photographers in the world. And I told her what we're doing. And she said, Oh my God, I want to help you guys. And I said, What? You work for this? She worked for art and commerce. If you mm-hmm. work in a fashion industry, it's like it doesn't get much bigger than representation from art and commerce. If you're a stylist and you're represented by art and commerce or a photographer, makeup artist, it's like top, top tier. These are the people who are shooting. Vogue covers. Um, mm-hmm. these are people who are creating the vision behind um, mm-hmm. the images in every major magazine in the world. And um, she said, "I want to help you And I said, "Oh my God, this is wild and thank you. let's let's do it. So I told her more about more in detail about it and then what came out of it was she was helping me now get to know how to pitch. The project to publicists. Mm-hmm. And then she introduced me to that circuit of like going to these publicists' office and showing your iPad and, and, and explaining to them the mission. One thing led to the next. Um, we had all these incredible, 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 iconic celebrities mm-hmm. and since the first issue. And it was very driven by a passion. Mm-hmm. You know, we speak to people, we all know these people in our lives who are very passionate about a mission. Mm -hmm. it's palpable we we buy into their mission immediately Mm -hmm. because it's such a charismatic energy that they that they ooze out of them and i think that's what i had with Mm -hmm. the magazine in that time um and so i have a question about that yeah were you happy no no i wasn't but i i had i was able to to check off the the check off the the boxes of what i perceived as happiness you know i had accumulated mm-hmm. a lot of stuff to show for i was in mm-hmm. all the right circles yeah. you know i had all the, the the clothes i was at these parties with these people shooting celebrities doing all the things had all the all the stuff to show for but internally i was crumbling and i didn't even know about it because i was so numb by smoking pot by drinking alcohol, by doing heavier drugs like cocaine and you name it uh, on 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 the weekends and stuff. And what caused you mm.
0: to have that change? Because I know you've now been sober for over four years, mm-hmm. totally sober, mm-hmm. and not California sober, where you like smoke weed on the weekends and drink a little
1: wine, and <laughs> mushrooms, and a, a little this, a little
0: that. Yeah, yeah. No. So you're totally sober, hundred percent, four yeah. years, four, four plus years. years so congratulations, yeah. thank you. And, um, so what caused that transition? Because being a fashion editor, doing Coke on the weekends, smoking pot, all of that mm-hmm. kind of stuff in New York city. And then it's normal. And then this experience now, like we were talking about, you're going to be on all these, you're on this self-care episode of the Cardi B, you're yeah. on the doctors, you've got a best selling meditation book, you're a meditation teacher. You've got a spiritually sassy school with hundreds of students. You're, you're helping people. Mm-hmm. With their own mental health and their That's own right. experiences, it wasn't
1: always the case. Yeah, so right. I think I think your what we're talking about is like one of my many rock bottoms. It was being bought out of the company, um, kind of like out of left field. Didn't even know that it was kind of like being planned to push me out of the company. Mm-hmm. Um, and this this was the fall of 2012, and then I spent the year of 2013. Uh, really sitting with my demons, really like aware of the quality of my mind, aware of how close my heart was, aware of how how unenergized my body was, aware aware of just like all the stuff that I wasn't aware of it before. And and then I it was in the in the spring of 2014 that I decided to to go to India to go mm-hmm. to a silent retreat. And so what what
0: where did that co- even come in? like did anyone invite you or how did you see it or
1: it was kind of like a year of of researching ways to feel better and and then led to meditation and meditation led to doing a research around all these south indian gurus that i was like i'm going to go to india and i want to go study with these with these people mm, mm-hmm. and i had mapped out this um this journey to the south of india and my dad comes into the house and he says, no, you should go to the north of you. You should go to the Himalayas and you should study with the, the Dalai Lama. You mm-hmm. should go up there. He, he lives in this temple in this small rural village. And so did you go, did you meet the Dalai Lama? I didn't meet him like, I'm, like I know you, but mm-hmm. I've sat in his presence uh, many times. And did you ever like walk
0: through one of those processions where there's some kind of um, interaction even if it's very brief and in like a reception line have you done anything like that yes
1: no. i have a, a a scarf that's being blessed by his wholeness the Dalai lama mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, very cool and the the first time that i understood that your presence alone could communicate relaxation and ease and uh, your presence alone non-verbally could relax people was in his presence was in his wholeness the dilemma's presence up and I had done the 10-day silent retreat I faced you know so many of my of my inner demons I I, I recognized that I had been living with a shame monster feeling like I was innately a bad person um, and and I couldn't forgive myself couldn't forgive other people mm-hmm. had this whole misguided view about who I am at the core of my being mm-hmm. so it was in that 10-day retreat that I I first heard the words that we are innately good mm-hmm. we do Messed up things that we harm other people, but our mistakes are not a definition of who we are. Mm-hmm. Mistakes are part of our story, but they don't define the the they don't define the story. Mm-hmm. What defines the story is how you relate to them. So I first heard these words um in this retreat, and that was just kind of like huge. Growing up, you know, queer, I I felt this sense of being just like innately bad, broken, yeah. uh, undeserving, deficient. Mm-hmm. So therefore, I ended up creating this self-fulfilling prophecy where my mistakes, big or small, were a way of me then punishing myself, um, for being bad. Mm-hmm. And I recently ser- share this where I felt where I'm now understanding that all of the ways that we punish ourselves are our ways of, of unintentionally very misguided, uh, try to course correct us to being good. You know, mm-hmm. when someone doesn't a, make a makes a mistake, we immediately say, "Oh, you're doing something bad. You need to be punished because if you get punished, you're going to become a good person." Mm. Um, so I had this view that I needed to be punished because I'm I'm queer because I'm I'm gay. So I I was constantly in a self destructive behavior. Right. You know, mm-hmm. with drugs, with alcohol, with different kinds of experiences, constantly trying to fulfill the prophecy that I was a bad person. Therefore, I need to be punished. And the more I punished myself, the more I was going to become a good person all misguided, all Mm -hmm. such faulty lies that I've been fed until this teacher, uh, Venerable uh, Joan, this legendary Buddhist nun, she had been a nun for over three decades at that point. She says, we're all innately good. We have Mm -hmm. this thing called basic goodness at the core of our being. Mm -hmm. And I said, what? Why is no one telling me this? Why isn't this the thing that's broadcasted, you know, to all people? Um, And then after the retreat, there was a rumor in town that the Dalai Lama was going to be doing um, a, a dharma talk, mm-hmm. so we all rushed to to get these uh, stamps on our passports and not stamps to get these. We have to bring our passport and get this little uh, ticket, uh, clearance ticket to attend this this uh, talk with the Dalai Lama, and that's when I knew that I was um, that I was in the right place. Mm-hmm. I felt like, oh my god, I don't think I've ever felt. This relaxed... First I questioned, I was like, oh my God, did I hit my head? Am I drunk? Did I smoke something that I'm not aware of? Was there something in the water? Is something wrong? Is there something wrong? Because I, I haven't felt this relaxed in the presence. I've never felt this relaxed, I think, like ever until his presence. And I was like, wow, okay, that's what I want. I want that. I want to be able to enter into a room and relax people. And so you, you did continue to explore, like you said, there was
0: at least a year of exploring all the different ways to heal and feel better. Mm -hmm. Um, but that was, that was obviously the biggest, most meaningful, string of events because you now identify so many there's so many you now identify as a vajrayana buddhist practitioner Mm -hmm. that's like the Mm -hmm. the religion that you're a member of that's what you study Mm -hmm. so is that the same kind of buddhism
1: that the dalai lama practices Mm, you know i actually it's it's interesting to bring this up because like the dalai lama always speaks to his religion being kindness and compassion right uh and same thing for me I think Buddhism is 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 a technology of liberation. Mm-hmm. Um, I study Vajrayana, which is a very mystical tradition, um, and but I think when it comes down to like a religion, I'm subscribing to a to a family recipe that has proven to factually liberate people. So you're referring to. Your
0: spiritual lineage slash tradition as a family recipe. That's right, and so that to me sounds like um, you have a a certain kind of openness to other people's recipes, and yeah. they can do them. Mm-hmm. So even though that's technically your religion, it's n- you don't have an exclusive sort of relationship to it where you feel the need for other people to
1: participate in that religion only? No, no. I think, I think all, all roads lead home. There are certain things that are, I think across every major mystical tradition, um, which is, you know, we, we like basic things that we all have across them. Um, but I think, I think as long as, you know, the Dalai Lama speaks to this often too. It's like whatever it is, whatever is the path that you are finding freedom, that you're becoming a better person, not only to your friends and your family, but you're actually being a better person at the supermarket mm-hmm. with the strangers, with the unhoused down your street, everywhere that you're able, any path, any. You know, mathematical healing equation that you're using, it doesn't matter what tradition it's from, that you're actually becoming a more selfless person, mm-hmm. um, that you're actively deleting selfishness and activating and developing selflessness, altruistic tendencies, this, these saintly qualities. Um, I think, I think, live your fantasy. Just mm-hmm. do it. Do what works. And as of in the last year, I've started to open up to different. That's what I was going to say next. Uh, <laughs> when we when we first
0: uh, to different traditions. When we've we really originally came into contact a few years ago, but when we really first met yeah. was uh, early twenty twenty one, and about that time, I remember feeling like you were communicating to me that you were a very strict. Oh yeah, almost orthodox.
1: Oh, yeah. Buddhist. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent.
0: And so what you started to say was in that time.
1: Mm-hmm. In knowing you, seeing you, how you approach spiritual, how you approach liberation, um, I started to feel more comfortable around the idea of opening the door to learning different paths. Although my practice is still very much rooted in my tradition and right. my guru's, uh, you know, sort of, a direction. And, um, but I, I'm fascinated by it, by mysticism. I'm so much. So, by it.
0: so much. So, uh, that through the exploration specifically of Christianity and a reinterpretation of Christianity <laughs> and an acknowledgement of um, yeah. the areas where they're similar. I know something yeah. that we, we've we talked about multiple times is um, the three jewels in Buddhism are the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha. That's right. And there is a parallel in Christianity, and it's not the Trinity, mm-hmm. it's not the Father, Son, Holy Ghost. The Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha is equivalent to the Christ, the gospel, and the church. Mm. So it's, it's the Christ, the gospel, and the church. So if people think about that, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, mm-hmm. you can start to see a correlation in these core ideas. The Buddha, not necessarily being this other person, but Buddha consciousness. The Christ, not necessarily being this other person, but that which the Christ taught. That which the Buddha taught is really what the Buddha is about in the three jewels, the Dharma, the teaching, the purpose, AKA the gospel, same mm-hmm. thing, the good news, the teaching, the purpose, the Sangha, the sacred community, or the church. Right. So I remember that was an area where we found mm-hmm. um, an immediate correspondence. It's something that as a theosophist, I had explored it over the over the last decade and a half. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember you really responded to that. Mm-hmm. And that was interesting. And now, Fast forward to today, when mm-hmm. on your left side, mm-hmm. on your like rib cage, mm-hmm. you have like a twelve-inch tattoo, twelve-inch <laughs> tall tattoo <laughs> yeah. of the Mother Mary,
1: Mother Mary. Yeah, um, it's it's it's. There is something about m- hearing about Mother Mary and Jesus that I can't be oblivious to the magic that he has. You know, Mm -hmm. it's when I, when I hear someone who has like a real, a really devotional connection to Jesus, to mother Mary, to God, although it's completely far different from what I've studied, but when you are in the presence of people like Ben Decker, you and many people in my life who have a connection to, to, to God, mother Mary and Jesus. uh, And as I started to learn about it and be cure and not learn but relearn, right? Get reintroduced because I grew up in Brazil, so you know mm-hmm. I grew up around all of this, you know, going right. up, going to church, and all the things, you know. Um, so it's just there's this undeniable warmth around Jesus. Mm-hmm. There's this undeniable loving, compassionate energy around um, Mother Mary. Mm-hmm. And,
0: and I've also heard you talk a lot about the sacredness of Mother mm-hmm. God, the Cosmic Mother, the Divine Feminine. That's right. And sort of like the divinity of that quality of femininity, mm-hmm. the divinity of the quality of the Mother. Mm-hmm. And so what is that, where does that come in for you?
1: The Cosmic Mother is something that I heard on, I was interviewing uh, Lema Rod, Lema Rod Owens, um who's a, a a Vajrayana priest one could say um it's it's a buddhist terminology and um and he spoke to this to the to the about the cosmic mother and that was an immediate deep knowing that that was a language that from this day on I would be using i would be um I would be in partnership with um, I think the cosmic mother for me, it's it's a loving, warm warmth energy of this female archetype that that is like the mother, you know. Mm-hmm. And and the the thing about this about more of like the the Christian uh, deities and archetypes, it's it's an ongoing, developing relationship of deep intimacy. You know, I think devotion is, is intimacy. And I think I'm establishing that. Um, and because previously for me was even in my early days of Buddhism, um, I was very much just, you know, devoted to a specific practice, to a specific, um, uh, set of practices and I wasn't really opening the door to too many things and then all of a sudden I'm chanting to all these different kinds of of deities and doing all these kinds of rituals and then I let it all go and then I was very strict with Vajrayana practices and now in the last year here we are, you know finishing our morning meditation with reading a sacred text that's Buddhist and then reading a sacred text that's that's Christian Um, so You know, I think, yeah, that's kind of, that's kind of like, it's an ongoing development of, Mm -hmm. of, of it's, but what it, what it means to me, it's, it's a warming, it's the warmth of a, of a loving parent, you know, Mm -hmm. in ways that like my mom loved me deeply and my dad too. Uh, But there is something that's, when I think about the, the loving energy of, of, of the Virgin Mary of Mother Mary, um, in this case is, is Guadalupe that I have Mm -hmm. on my left, uh, ribs. It's a, it's an accepting, it's an understanding. It's, it's such a deep, unconditional, loving, um, um, feeling that I haven't, I haven't really like experienced it anywhere else. That's Mm -hmm. why I decided to, to, to get a tattoo to my body. So in, um,
0: in this whole uh, like exploration of the relationship that the different traditions have, you're, there was a part of you that because Buddhism was such a core healing for you, there was mm-hmm. such resonance there, that that initially became where you committed. Mm-hmm. Um, part of how you got totally sober, mm-hmm. part of that whole experience for you. So it was a really important initiatory like first step now we're seeing as you've continued with the practice through dedication yeah uh you have like increased in sensitivity intuitively you've become more open to different things that are coming in you're starting to to see the value in in other traditions and um and maybe the higher or deeper Meaning behind some of these archetypal, you know, concepts and everything. And so in that whole exploration, which is like my jam, that's like my whole thing as a, as a theosophical practitioner or Mm -hmm. or whatever. um, I'm really curious about um, something that you and I have talked about a lot, but I want to just sort of Uh. uh, present it. I mentioned it in the first episode of the Modern Spirituality Podcast, where I'm talking about the prophecies that all of the old traditions have Mm. for something's going to happen. Mm -hmm. And when this big event happens, we will have such a different world. There will be a new era, a new chapter, a new Yuga where we will have basically peace on earth where Mm. humanity, human consciousness is going to be completely different. There's going to be a thousand years of peace and this is, of course, in correspondence with a person who's more than a person. Mm. They're an event. Mm. So, the Christians refer to it as the second coming of Christ. Buddhists, the incarnation of the final Buddha, Maitreya. Mm. Um, the Jewish traditions is still waiting on their first Messiah. Uh, the, the Hindu tradition uh, prophesies of the final incarnation of Krishna, the Kalki avatar. And so... I want to sort of uh like hear your thoughts on that, particularly like the when we when we started to study that what what felt like good and inspiring about that? what came up for you around that concept that there's this
1: shared prophecy? I love it. I love how all of these um mystical traditions are are speaking about a a turn of a page. And a and a, a writing of a new chapter. So we're all co-writing this beautiful new chapter that says, you know, Maitreya. Uh, it's 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 the translation is like friendly, mm-hmm. loving, kind connection, um, and these are all the qualities that that I that I I'm cultivating, you know. Mm-hmm. So when I think about the Second Coming and I think about Maitreya, I think about this prophecy. I think something that you've shared it's 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 really about like this shared um intention to Mm -hmm. usher in this new age this new chapter in humanity um i find a lot of um uh refuge in in that in that thought in that belief um i have a lot of like i can sort of rest easy in that and and um I remember in their retreat in uh in Ibiza in Spain not too long ago, we were chanting uh Maitreya chants. Um and today we chanted a Maitreya chant too. Mm-hmm. Um I think it's for, for those who are listening who are thinking about you could you could think you no know, literally that we're going to have an embodied Person. Messiah walking earth right. or we can think about a sort of like a it's a it's s- symbolic uh complete radical awakening in consciousness where where it's maitreya consciousness as ben decker maitreya consciousness as sadisimo maitreya Mm -hmm. consciousness as all of you who are listening Mm -hmm. you are part of the shared um and this it's i think i heard you say this that god works god works through us right you know um so i think this is kind of like that experience where where the where the this next enlightened being who's here to like bring forth um this new wave of liberation right. teachings and liberation ways and liberation um just a a wave of liberation you know so in the arcane school one of the
0: schools that i studied in there is of course, the active study of all of these traditions, as if they are talking about one thing, mm-hmm. and the thing that they refer to this group as is the new group of world servers. Mm, and so, I
1: love that.
0: And so they call it a, a generation of people. Some of them will be religious, some of them will not be religious, mm-hmm. but they will have the open awakened heart, and so they will love. be of service. And I remember one of my teachers. Was asking me we were going to hire somebody, mm. and she was saying, um, "I really need your help, you know, hiring somebody for this project." And and I was and I was like, "You know what? There's this person I want to recommend." And and what my teacher said was, "Is he like of service?" Mm-hmm. And I knew exactly what she meant. She meant like, "Is the is he someone who's going to really try to be a part of this?" Uh, who's going to see the bigger vision? Mm-hmm. You know, is he part of the second coming? Is he part of the second <laughs> coming? And from a strictly Christian perspective, uh, the the most popular, most common belief is, of course, the literalist belief. The literalist is, of course, the oldest belief. It's the first level, lowest level, most esoteric belief.
1: So, of course, it's something that the masses. I also love that one. <laughs> I love the. I love the the idea that. You know, there is a, a a baby that's being born like right now, maybe, you know, that all these astrologers and all these beautiful mystics are kind of like. Doing their divination and figuring out like that they're being born right, now, you know that right. That right. Maybe well, right now it's already from, being born or whatever, from, you know. From
0: a from a literalist traditional Christian perspective, that part already happened, mm. and now we're waiting for him to float back out of the sky. Okay, so, so that's the next part. So, but, oh, but, I see. And so, what, <laughs> what's interesting about that is he's going to come through the sky through the cloud. Mm-hmm. There's even something just interesting in that particular prophecy, mm-hmm. where to me it came from. Like, like the crown chakra or one of the higher chakras within Mm -hmm. ourselves, Mm -hmm. like as a divine idea Mm -hmm. and a divine inspiration and Mm -hmm. a divine encounter, Mm -hmm. not necessarily coming through the sky. Even though um, Mary Baker, Eddie, Eddie, the founder of Christian science, believes that she saw Jesus Christ, um, that could be the second coming, that fulfills, you know, a few... aspects of the prophecies joseph smith uh had his first vision in Mm -hmm. palmyra new york in the sacred grove saw jesus i saw jesus in costa rica you know Mm -hmm. you know there are people who are seeing him come from the sky and have these stories and experiences of them Mm -hmm. um but what i'm kind of positing is that the new group of world service from a traditional christian perspective first of all All we have to do, the biggest thing, according to traditional literalist Christianity, we are supposed to be rolling out the red carpet for him. Mm -hmm. So we're supposed to be preparing the way, setting things up. That's right. And so that means doing as much that he could do if he was here, so Mm -hmm. to speak, you know? So what, the way I interpret that whole thing is kind of like what you're saying. It's, it's us. We're all part of the second coming Mm -hmm. and it doesn't really even matter if there is a guy coming or not, Mm -hmm. if it's a physical guy or not, what I want to do is like hear what it means for me, take action based on that. Like you were saying, being of service, Mm -hmm. you know, and there are going to be things that I don't know. There are Mm going to be details about it that I don't know. Mm -hmm. There are going to be details that my friends and family and people of all different traditions and religions are going to be like, these are the important details. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. that's so great that you're so confident that he's going to be wearing that outfit and that he's going to be coming in this way and that it's even a guy and that it's one guy. I'm Mm -hmm. like, that's so cool. I've never had anything that indicated that that's specifically exactly how it's going to happen. (laughs) But what I can say is there are these really cool things that we learned Mm -hmm. from these avatars, from Mm -hmm. the Buddha, from Christ, Mm -hmm. and from Krishna, from Mm -hmm. these teachings. There are really, really good things that we Mm -hmm. did learn. And if we can just do what they actually said. Mm -hmm. That is a metaphorical second coming. Mm -hmm. They are back Mm -hmm. incarnate because we're actually understanding the spirit Mm -hmm. of what they were really teaching, Mm -hmm. you know? So, so then therefore through us, he's here. Mm -hmm. You and I are, when we're at our best, if we're in intention with it, we, we hold within ourselves the ability to bring him here Mm -hmm. just through being Mm -hmm. just, like him, so to speak, and I'm saying him, but what I really mean is embodying the divine qualities, mm-hmm. um, transmitting them, communicating mm-hmm. them, mm-hmm. word, thought, deed, action, mm-hmm. right, human relations and our relationships with other people, you know, and so I think that that's like a super i mean there's there's like the two ideas: one, someone's coming, mm-hmm. and the other one, no, someone's not really coming, and either way, it's coming through us, either way, it doesn't even matter. Yeah. Like if if the listener is like a literalist and they still need it to fully be like, you no, know, Krishna is literally going to incarnate. He's literally going to have blue skin. He's literally going to blah, 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 blah. Or a Christian's like, no, no, no. Jesus is literally going to come out of the sky. Everyone's going to bow to him and blah, blah, blah. No matter what those details are, mm-hmm. like if we scale it back to us right here in the present moment, mm-hmm. what it really means is we have to "Quote unquote, get ready, prepare the way."
1: Also, there's something about you can only see an enlightened being. It's like enlightenment is in the eye of the beholder, right? Right. Which I also love. So it's almost like, the, what if this Messiah, this prophet, were to actually walk Earth? But because we are so uninitiated, we're so uh, not liberated, we're so colonized and indoctrinated, and our minds are so poisoned, uh, our our views are so misguided that we're not even going to be able to see that there's a Buddha walking on the street next to you at the grocery store or is the unhoused person outside of your door you know just testing your 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 moral cult or your sister or or your your daughter that's right your
0: son yeah your cousin that's right your nephew the most annoying person
1: in your life right you know
0: yeah there's no there's nowhere that it says that he'll have a great personality
1: You know, it's just, Uh, but but
0: yeah, I think that's really interesting. I want to stick with that for one second. Mm. Enlightenment is in the eye of the beholder. And that reminds me of something that Anna Lynn said the other day Mm. on, on the podcast. And she said, I had to really locate the divinity within myself Mm -hmm. to be able to witness it within Mm -hmm. you. Oh yeah. And so it's like, whether from a practical, from like a really practical, what, what we have to do today perspective whether someone is literally coming or not the assignment is the same that's right it's if it if it gets you up out of bed in the morning to say you're preparing the way cuz Jesus is about to show up or if it gets you up out of the morning to say look there's an invisible telepathic field of Christ consciousness that that Jesus helped create when he was here and i have to be as much like those loving divine things that he taught as possible in order to imbo- to be the hands and feet of mm-hmm. this as much as I possibly can. And even though I'm not perfect, supposedly like he was, that was the whole deal. He was totally perfect, mm-hmm. you know, which debatable, right. You know, but that's the story that he was perfect. And so even if I'm not going to be able to be perfect,
1: mm-hmm.
0: but maybe if all of us try to do the right thing, we'll make up for each other's
1: mistakes and it's the willingness right it's the willingness to to live by mm-hmm. these vows and i also think it's like if you were to go meet someone that is a really highly realized being, a fully ascended master, you would take a shower, you would brush your teeth, you would do your hair, you would wear something nice, you would, you know, fragrance your body, you would put on some chapstick and take out the boogers in your eyes, and like you would do the whole ceremony of putting yourself together. Right, and we do this from the outside in. Now, what if you were to help usher Maitreya consciousness or Christ consciousness, or in either or metaphorically or literally, mm-hmm. literally, you have to sort of clean your outer shell to then present yourself beautifully to this master, right? As a, as, a, right. as a as a living altar, mm-hmm. um, but symbolically and more about this, the language that you use, is telepathic field of enlightened consciousness right this Mm -hmm. bodhisattva consciousness this awakened consciousness you gotta you gotta create this inner environment for that to arise right so as i said about you doing your hair you're brushing your teeth you're taking a shower you're cleaning your face you're doing all the things you're putting something nice you're putting on new socks you're getting you're wearing that dress that you never wear you're doing all the things do all the things that you know you have to do to tend to your inner world, meditate, pray, be of service, breathe, eat better, drink water, sleep enough hours, you know, don't gossip, don't lie, don't harm another person, you know, get to a point that your inner world is changed so much that the self becomes the other, that you're able to stand in front of a person at the grocery store and have this really deeply intimate exchange that happens non-verbally. You know, mm-hmm. um, where you actually are able to lose yourself in the experience of seeing the sunlight hitting the trees and the leaves dancing in the wind. And you're actually able to be so, so at one with that. So you know? you're talking about both
0: appreciating that which is and the beauty of the moment, mm-hmm. like the sunlight in the trees. And then also, simultaneously, you're talking about honor and respect for the other people. So, like, really that willingness to behold enlightenment in the other person, something in a course in miracles, it mm. says the second coming is when he will be perceived. Ugh, there it is. It's the whole thing we're talking about. And so I it's, love that. it's like this oh. idea that we will experience that thousand years of peace
1: mm-hmm.
0: that's prophesied when we are willing for him to be here now. Mm-hmm. You know,
1: mm-hmm. and even, I love that. That's it, so beautiful.
0: Not only do we prepare physically, like you're saying, you know, before we're going to go see someone, if we feel like someone can see into our soul, we have a hard time seeing them when we're when we're not doing well.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: think about the people in your lives who are. Or you
1: mask it, or you'd like you like you dress up to the. Or next you thicker. try to overcompensate. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah, but in general, if you're if you're going through a really hard time and and, you're, and you feel like your parents are not going to be able to understand it or process it, you're not going to talk to them. Mm-hmm. You're not going to call them, and you're not going to include them in it. If you feel like you're going through something that they're not going to be able to understand, and they're not going to leave you alone about it, you're going to avoid them. And so it's like, when you kind of have it together, when you're in a better place, you end up being in their life, because they can see you more, mm-hmm. they're... You know you're you feel safer in the energy with them, and so it's like thinking about this realized being thinking about this Buddha now mm-hmm. if this person really is Christ mm-hmm. or Krishna you know if this is really the big realized being the messenger from god the the divine teacher who is powerful enough to whose presence will just create a global shift you know mm-hmm. then there's a part of us that is like i don't I don't feel ready to go see this person because I feel like shit today. Mm-hmm. I don't feel ready to go see this person because I just mm-hmm. yelled at my assistant. I don't mm-hmm. feel like going to see this person today because me and my sister just got into a fight. Mm-hmm. Or, you mm-hmm. know, or I just made this big mistake and I dropped the ball and I mm-hmm. shouldn't have sent that email. I shouldn't have done, this. you know, there's like shame and guilt and stuff that's in there. And the shame and guilt doesn't need to be this whole thing where we're abusing ourselves. Mm -hmm. It can be, it's an indicator of what needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's our perspective of ourselves that needs to be healed. Mm -hmm. Uh, Maybe someone taught us something that's not true and made us feel like we're we're not good people, that we're not innately good like you were sharing. Mm -hmm. And then there's other things where it's like, wow, I actually can't talk to people like that you don't need to have all this shame and guilt and self flatulence and self abuse and self punishment over it, but actually let yourself feel the wise and righteous energy of knowing that was a mistake. Mm -hmm. And I don't want to be that person Mm -hmm. and I don't need to be that person. And I'm not that person, Mm -hmm. you know, this, the, the energy of repentance, Mm -hmm. the actual like processing through of having like a behavior or a pattern, like, purged Mm -hmm. out of the body, that discomfort feeling when we feel like, wow, that sucks that I did that thing. Mm -hmm. And it's like the teaching of the doctrine of avatars, that, that there is a continuity of revelation that through every generation, God gradually gives us more transmission, that humanity is gradually able to understand more about the divine, about the spirit world, that if we can leverage that belief system and leverage that idea for this for this embodied practice of being more like those Mm -hmm. beings, then who freaking knows what's going to happen? Like who knows what kind of like miracles are going to take place with like just us Mm -hmm. trying harder, Mm -hmm. you know, something that was so inspiring for me, Airbnb, supposedly this is like an actual fact. Airbnb housed like over 20,000 refugees from Afghanistan. I saw a couple articles about that. I was like, is this a joke? That's is amazing. this a scam? Like, mm-hmm. I'm, is this like a rumor? And it, it like blew my mind mm-hmm. that that's what was happening because our actual governmental structures, so many people are falling through the cracks. Mm-hmm. And so private organizations and private individuals and companies are like through altruistic intentions mm-hmm. like manifesting these ideas that are actually creating real mm-hmm. safe places mm-hmm. and safe moments mm-hmm. and healing mm-hmm.
1: for people can i just go back to one thing you said i think for the listener in buddhist psychology it's the the way to transform a mistake is to have remorse Right. not guilt or shame mm, mm-hmm. is about the practice of understanding that first guilt says i did something bad um it's a reflection of my actions says shame says i did something bad is a reflection of who i am therefore mm-hmm. i'm a bad person mm-hmm. remorse says i made a mistake i'm making a commitment right now to not make this mistake again yeah i do not like how that was yeah i don't like that's how i that's not what i wanted to do i don't want i don't like that i did that i don't like how i feel i feel Deeply for the mistake, and go through the wave of feeling like a huge wave of remorse. Right. You know, like really feel the feels of like, wow. And and here's what we also need to understand: the 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 deeper your remorse is, if you're somebody like Sa, I am literally washed over by remorse. Like I feel so. What's something I just recently um landed at was the depth of your remorse is directly. Co- Connected to the to how strong your code of ethics is. Mm-hmm. So if you're experiencing tremendous remorse, it's because you are a genuinely really good person. Not only someone who is in touch with their basic goodness, but someone who's actively speaking kindness into the world, actively acting in generous ways, actively shifting their mindset from, from scarcity into abundance. And I'm not talking about abundance of wealth. I'm talking about abundance of generosity, abundance of selflessness. Uh, and and less rigidity of of, of selfishness and, and 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 neglect of joy into the world, right? Um, so w- when we're working with this energy of remorse, just recognize that the more remorse you're experiencing is a direct relation to the depth of your of your goodness that you mm-hmm. have cultivated already. Okay, so, so, I so that's want, very freeing, yeah. Right?
0: And I and I really appreciate that. And I want to just like get this takeaway mm-hmm. hard. I want to I want to have you repeat it remorse shame guilt define them one more time so so that we can like really get it so down so
1: remorse is one that says i i i did this it's acceptance that i did it it's not approval because approving of what you did means that you are giving consent for more of that to happen right, right? so you're kind of like
0: yeah justifying approving n- rationalizing none of those, those things are, are things part of remorse. that are going to keep you in that same samsaric pattern
1: that's right that that rhythmic
0: cycle that misery Mm
1: -hmm. so remorse is the is the is the the high view right where the high magic is and
0: it has that full recognition that that was like not who you are it's not what you want to do and it does not need to happen again
1: that's right remorse comes with with an alliance to do better Mm -hmm. you know as you are having experienced a remorse is 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 you are in partnership with a vow mm-hmm. that you're that you're willing to commit to not making that mistake again for your life.
0: Okay. So if we don't have that commitment to to like not being that person anymore, to allowing this moment to be a transformation, then we may not be in true remorse. We may actually be
1: in shame or guilt. Shame. That's right. Shame is Shame says I did something bad, therefore I'm a bad person. Mm-hmm. Guilt says I did something bad. Okay, it's a reflection of my actions. I lived for years of my life in the dance of guilt and shame. You know, just constantly thinking my actions were horrific. Therefore, I was a horrific person. Mm-hmm. And this constant spiral of just, you know, literally mm-hmm. going in and out until I learned about forgiveness mm-hmm. and remorse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Remorse remorse it has many layers to it, Right. There is acceptance. There is understanding. There is forgiveness. There is alliance with divinity, with grace, with higher purpose, with dharma, with all that's good and benevolent. Um, So there's many layers to it. And and forgiveness, just for those who are listening, um, I think I think it it gets such a, a bad rap in the world. It's a radical perspective shift. When people ask me why why did you suffer from such a young age? You know, because I, if you trace it back, was my inability to forgive myself because I didn't have an alliance, a base line of understanding that I'm basically good. You know, right. So when you enter life thinking that you're not basically good, thinking that you are deficient. So therefore you unintentionally create habits that will perpetuate that narrative. I shared about this earlier. Mm-hmm. The big breakthrough for me was around sh- around the, this shift that like I've made mistakes, mm-hmm. but I'm not my mistakes, you know. I am innately good. What I want to share is the general felt sense of forgiveness because I think people need to understand the power of forgiveness as the nectar to liberation, I think, you know. I just wanted the listener to to remember one thing. Forgiveness at its core, it's the release of the desire to punish. Right. And it's the choice to stop the cycle of pain. For those of you who've been tremendously harmed it's about remembering that those who harmed were in pain Mm -hmm. their harm was actually at a really high view a cry out for help right they were lost in their pain you know and and us forgiving them is a gift to ourselves you know Mm -hmm. sadie simone thank you so much for doing this yes oh my god i'm so honored (laughs) thank you for having me on the show So you can find me on Instagram at Sadi Simone, S-A-H-D-S-I-M-O-N-E. You can join the Spiritually Sassy School, um, and the link is in my bio. You can um, get my latest project, which is a calendar, a five-minute daily meditation. It's a daily meditation from me. Um, Yeah, these are the things. Oh, also, check out my podcast, The Spiritually Sassy Show. Okay, cool. Well, thank you so much for being
0: here and for doing this and um, for your candor and all that they are sharing. So I would love to have you on again. Thank you. Lots of love. Lots of love. Every year, at least once a year, I lead a wellness retreat in Costa Rica at the beautiful Rhythmia Life Advancement Center, the first ever medically licensed resort to offer ayahuasca plant medicine. This very well could be the best place in the entire world to experience plant medicine. Everything is expertly tailored to your comfort to help provide you with the best possible transformational experience. I always look forward to my retreats every year. It really is a deeply profound experience. It's like stepping into some kind of a heaven dimension for a week There are daily yoga and meditation classes, plant medicine preparation and integration workshops, a great spa with volcanic mud baths, state-of-the-art fitness facility, super relaxing pool, hot tub, cool plunge, cozy cabanas, and you can get colonics. There's delicious organic food at the restaurant, and some of the best massage therapists I've ever experienced. For real, they are absolute healers over there. And all of this is included. Like I said, this is a medically licensed facility, so everything is medically overseen and totally safe. And the medicine ceremonies, which happen for four nights, Monday through Thursday, they're led by loving, respectful shamans trained in the Colombian tradition. It's really, really an amazing experience. Uh visit rhythmia.link slash decker event. That's r-y-t-h M-I-A, rhythmia.link, L-I-N-K, slash decker event, D-E-C-K-E-R, my last name, event. E-V-E-N-T and check in about my upcoming dates or if those dates don't work for you and you won't be able to join me there, go ahead and book when it's convenient for you and see one of the many other world-renowned thought leaders in residence. Make sure to let them know that you are my friend, that you're a friend of Ben Decker so that they give you the best deal possible. Rhythmia really is my home away from home and I know that you will love it as much as I do. Hey, it's Ben Decker, and I just have to thank you again for listening to the Modern Spirituality Podcast. For information on anything mentioned here, you can check out the show notes below. You can also get in touch with me via twitter.com slash bendecker, instagram.com slash benjaminwdecker, or email me at decker at modernspiritualitypodcast.com. It really does mean so much to me that you're here with me on the modern spirituality journey i'm genuinely super excited about what i've got planned for these next few episodes so really make sure to subscribe to the modern spirituality podcast so you can get in on what i've got coming up and if this is resonating for you if anything here helped or inspired or entertained you at all please please do rate this podcast and leave me a review it means so much more than you might realize so from the bottom of my heart thank you thank you thank you and thank you again